0: Life Audio.
1: Hey, I'm Rob Teigen,
0: and I'm Joanna Teigen. Rob and I have been married over thirty years and share an addiction to coffee, bookstores, and Christmas music.
1: We often debate how many dogs are enough and who should win the Voice every season.
0: We're a neat freak married to a not-so-neat freak, an explorer to a homebody, and an introvert to a people person.
1: But we do agree that our vows are for always, children are a gift, and prayer is powerful.
0: Our hope through this podcast is that we can walk with you in caring for the soul of your family. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for joining us today on the Growing Home Together podcast. You know, for most of the years of our marriage, Joanna and I had a pretty traditional thing going on. I went off to work in the morning. She'd kiss me goodbye and stay home with the kids. And then a few years ago, we turned our lives upside down. I left my job, switched to self-employment with Joanna as my partner. We had 25 years of marriage under our belt, but we still had a lot to learn about how to not just be life partners, but also work partners.
0: That's right. And one thing we noticed right away was that work started to take over our focus. So we'd go on dates and talk about work. And we started spending more evening hours on the job instead of focusing on each other. And you know, the stress of building something new from the ground up started creating some stress in our marriage too. And it became pretty clear that we had a lot to learn about work-life balance. And that is why we're so excited to welcome our friends and today's guests, Robert and Kaylee Fukui, to the show. Robert and Kaylee are the co-founders of a business consulting company, and they serve married entrepreneurs in creating strong marriages, strong businesses, and greater work-life balance. So thank you, Robert and Kaylee, for coming back to the show today.
2: Hey, thank you for having us. Yes, uh, it's an honor. We've already had fun before we even hit record, so this should be a really good time.
0: Yeah, we're excited about it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we're looking forward to it. So um, we are really glad that you guys joined us today, and um, we have a copy of your brand new book called Tandem. Um, Can you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves for our listeners who um, maybe didn't listen to our first interview with you guys, and also what kind of led you to write this book?
3: So I am a third-generation entrepreneur. My great-grandpa, he was a painting contractor. He would go into big grocery stores like Vons and Albertsons and paint them. And then him and my parents were also invested in real estate together. And then my parents had a small business. And so I grew up in a small business. And the environment had a lot of ups, some challenges, some challenges. Unfortunately, um, one of the challenges was the business became the mistress. My dad worked six days a week and wasn't home much. And it was really hard on the family. Most kids just want their dad to be home to play with them, throw the ball, just hang out and tell dad jokes. (laughs) (laughs) And so we just missed having them around.
2: Yeah. So, and my, my parents weren't business owners, but, uh, their are pastors. So I'm a PK or pastor's kid. I learned during our book tour that not everybody understands the initial PK. In the South, they call it son of a preacher man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I to, so I have to have to uh, clarify that. So I'm a preacher's kid, but uh running a church and, and running a business is pretty much the same thing. And what I tell a lot of, especially people in ministry, is I think sometimes the expectations of a pastor is even greater on their customers or the you know base of the congregation. They're expected to be available 24/7. So while sometimes business owners, they just they choose to be 20 do 24/7, but in the case of a church, there's the expectation that they're available 24-7 by a lot of people. So really have a heart for that. because I experienced the same thing growing up that Kaylee did was my dad was so focused on the church and the ministry that oftentimes the, the family got a back seat. So um, you know, a lot of times after dinner, you know, we'd have family dinner and be together at the dinner table. But then, right after dinner, my dad oftentimes would just go into his office and just prepare and pray and study. Which, you know, you can see from the outside, say, "Oh, that's great; he's spending the time with the Lord." But the reality is, he's still he's still he's working. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really preparing for the, for for Sunday or whatever. And you know, that's not that's not healthy. I mean, there's obviously the need to do God's work, but at the same time, it still works. So you need to have that balance and create healthy boundaries between ministry and home so that you, your priorities of of God and they're still family and then your, your ministry. Um, So we felt the same thing, similar things growing up. And, you know, I came from a corporate environment. So I was in marketing and sales for fortune 500 companies for 25 years. Um, And then about six years ago, decided to leave the company and do my own thing and do marketing consulting. But uh, one of the things I learned, I saw early on in these small family businesses, was that they were just working way too hard, that they thought sales was the answer, but it really wasn't. They were working so hard and they were already maxed out anyway that my question to them is, what would more sales do, more volume of, of customers and, and sales do, but create more stress? I mean, you're already maxed out. So what good is it to have more, more, more volume? So said, so your problem more is margin. You have a lack of margin. You have a lack of margin, not just in profitability, but also time. And so how to run things more efficiently and create greater output without having to put more input um, was what they needed. And coming from a Fortune 500 background, you know, the corporations that I work for, we had a lot of the systems and processes in place. We had the financial wisdom to know how what kind of margins we need to operate on so we can make sure we have enough to hire more people or to... You know, uh, uh, purchase software and hardware to make the business more efficient. And so that's what I noticed early on. So, when we're helping small family business, we said, well, you know, with this stress in the business, it's also impacting their personal life. And I think the statistic is about 70, 71% of business owners are married. And certainly that played true even in our own clientele, was that majority of them are married and it was affecting home. And so they started sharing some of these things. And so, um, that's about four years ago is when I talked to Kaylee and I said, hey, you know, I think there's an issue here that's not really being addressed. Um, there's There's help for your marriage, there's help for your business, but nobody's addressing the tension between business and home and how to really create work-life balance, how to scale the business. But with the intent and objective really is to get more time back so you can dedicate it to the relationships that are most important. And so that's when we started focusing our consulting work in this area and then hence the book because we knew this message had to get out there because even looking on Amazon right now, there really isn't a book that I've seen even right now that really addresses both sides of the issue. Um, We see kind of marriage entrepreneur books out there, but it's focused on relationship, which is important, but it's still not really addressing the business issue that still needs to be fixed too. Because even if your relationship is whole, but you're still stressed out in the business, it's still going to create that layer of stress that you need to address. And so that's kind of the little bit of the story of the journey for us and then how it kind of led to writing this book.
1: Mm. That's great. You know, one thing I remember when Joanna and I started working together was that there were a lot of people when we'd tell them what we were doing that would say, wow, we could never work together, <laughs> you know, as spouse in the same home together. And uh, you know we would we would kill each other, um, and so of course that was early on. And I'll tell you, Joanna shared earlier those first few months. I was like, yeah, you guys might. We we our story's not been written yet, but um, but no. But why do you think that the idea of partnering with your spouse is so intimidating?
2: I think it's the inability to really know how to resolve conflict well. Um, you know, in any marriage or any relationship, really. Conflict is inevitable, right? And so knowing how to really resolve issues is important. But I think it's a skill that neither of us actually grew up with, right? Oh,
3: yeah. We did. I definitely did not in my house. We either hung up on the phone on each other. We'd walk out in the room. We'd get in the car. We'd storm out. We'd slam the door. So that was our idea of resolving conflict.
2: And for me, even though my dad's a pastor, you would think they know how to resolve conflict. But they don't teach that in seminary, apparently. Um, But they... It, in in our household is just really avoidance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, well, my mom would bring things up, but my dad doesn't want to talk about it. So then there's avoidance. So of course that's conflict in itself, right? And so things don't get resolved in a healthy way. And so then you start thinking about working together in business. You know, it's challenging enough if you can't do it in your home life. It's challenging. It's going to be even that much more challenging even in business. And then then you're spending more and more time together which means there's more opportunity for conflict that you're not resolving. So, of course, that's just, you know, creating more tension. So it's really that inability that to resolve conflict. And that just comes from, you know, we got help. You know, in the book you've read that, you know, we went to two years of counseling before we even got married to help us because we didn't know how to do conflict because we didn't come from homes that knew how to do conflict. So which means we didn't learn that growing up. So we have to learn it from counseling. But once we did that, it was like, oh, So we really can't do anything together because we know how to resolve the issue. Are we still going to have arguments and disagreements? Yes, but we know how to resolve it.
0: I love that perspective. Just um, not to run from conflict, but to actually anticipate it and be ready to meet it head on. That's a really great perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, in your book, um, you do have a great quote that I wanted to share. Um, Kind of sums up a lot of what you do. I think you say... Being successful in both marriage and business takes teamwork, whether or not you work for the same company. And teamwork starts with having a shared vision, knowing your respective roles and communicating constantly. Um, I love that. And I think every couple who's listening today is trying really hard to work as a team in their marriage. And that could be in their work life or their parenting or their ministry or running their household. I mean, teamwork applies to every situation of life together, right? And like you said, you know, a couple needs to know their respective roles in those situations to be successful. Um, So I was really curious because I know Rob and I took a while to kind of figure that out for ourselves. But how did you two sort out your roles in your business life together?
3: Well, I think from the beginning, we kind of started with a vision of what we wanted that to look like for our home life. And then we drew it all out and we thought, okay, what's important to me? We did it individually. And then we came together. And then when we came together and talked about it, we were able to integrate the two and it came out to be like a, a lot better idea than just one person when you start brainstorming. And we also did that with the business. And then we figured out, okay, what pieces um, who's good at what, because a lot of times we marry someone that's opposite of us and that can really rub us the wrong way. Like Robert's very detailed and it used to drive me nuts. And now I love it. I'm like, honey, can you look at this? Can you help me? He's so detailed, you Mm -hmm. can see it. So being able to work out of each other's um, giftings is huge and finding your role. Because sometimes we see this happen a lot in business that um, the supporting spouse will end up in a role that they're not good with. Like for me, QuickBooks is not my thing. And so a lot of times a spouse will put someone in a position just because they need a warm seat, someone to fill it. And it come, works out horribly because they're bad at it. And then the spouse gets upset because it's not meeting the expectations. And then it causes all kinds of friction as opposed to finding something that they love and is good at and plug them in there.
2: Yeah, it's really about being very intentional from the beginning because you know, a lot of times, whether it's in marriage or in a business, you're just you're just telling, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? Without really being intentional about understanding, is that really something that they're good at and they would enjoy? Um, but it naturally creates conflict. So, like, if I, you know, well, actually, I did this about <laughs> telling Kaylee, hey, why don't you handle QuickBooks? Um, and Numbers isn't her thing. It's actually my thing. But I didn't want it to deal with it, right? And so it created tension. Um, and that's not her gift. And so, of course, okay, that doesn't make sense for her to do that. But what I did know she was good at was, I didn't tell her this like this, but she's really good in sales. She's really good at making friends. I mean, she's extroverted. I'm introverted. She can make friends at someone in co- a total stranger in a coffee shop, and we can be invited over for dinner where I just want to make place my order and get my latte and get out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, recognizing that, hey, she has a really good gift of just meeting people and just connecting. And so that's a great gift as a salesperson. So I said, "Hey, for the business, when she was asking me what can I do to help?" I told her just go make friends.
3: And I'm like, "What? <laughs> what do you mean make friends? That's not anything."
2: <laughs> yeah, just the outreach, you know, connecting with people, the outreach, the follow-up uh with people, right? She's much much of a more of a people person. Um where I, as she's talking about, I'm, my gift is analysis, vision, planning, you know, creating content and all that. Um, I mean, I can go make friends in that too, but at the same time, hey, there's two of us. So why don't we just both operate in our gifts and we'll get a lot more done in a much more efficient manner. But a lot of times in in a marriage, you know, it's interesting how in when we're dating, opposites attract. And we find our differences endearing, funny, sometimes cute, whatever. But then all of a sudden, once we say "I do," those differences all of a sudden become irritations. Yeah,
3: you're irritating me now.
2: <laughs> That's yeah, irritations. And I go, "Wait, what happened here?" You know, the the person hasn't changed. It's
3: not cute anymore. <laughs> it's just, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and so, and so then we kind of fall into this little spiral of just getting irritated at each other's differences which of course then clouds our judgment of understanding how we're both uniquely gifted and Hey, how don't, how don't we leverage each other's gift as opposed to using it as a point of friction.
3: And a lot of times too, we don't see our each, our individual gifting. So when you ask somebody else, like when Robert said, "Go make friends," I'm like, "Oh, I don't want to do that. That's nothing. I'm not helping out." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to do something big. You know, but I wasn't thinking that as a a gift.
2: Yeah, and so we kind I of, just thought
3: everybody could do. Yeah, that. we
2: kind of organically started to understand each other's gifts and start to operate in that way. I mean, now because we, you know, in our own practice, what we do is we use the DISC profile, a personality test, right, or a personality s- survey, to help you help uh, our clients understand each other's gifts for themselves, but also for their spouse. And that's a way to kind of speed up how you can identify how you best work together in and out of the business. Like for Kaylee, she's in high eye, which is more those charismatic people, um, the people that are just, you know, energetic, the, the center of attention, people gravitate towards them, right? So it makes sense to what I just said. Hey, go make friends. And I'm a C, which is much more analytical, more strategic planning, that kind of stuff. So, you know, now we use, you know, um gift test like like disc and there's there's tons of them out there but we're just comfortable with that one but that's an example of how anyone can that would help any couple to f- try to figure out how to best complement each other and how best to work together
3: and it's great for communication styles as well
1: yeah yeah and that's what i i appreciate so much about your message i was going to say your book but which that comes in your book but it's really what what you guys do day in and day out through your courses and the different things that you're doing and um, speaking is you guys have really, you're in this unique position where you're utilizing your working together to figure out um, kind of your business skills and how to make that better at life and marriage. And um, so it, it's really interesting to hear and watch because you're, you know, we know we need to have vision um as a company right i mean as as business people and yeah. things we know the, the company has to have vision we're either we're either sharing in that or we're you know around the water cooler talking about how the company doesn't have vision and we're all struggling mm-hmm. and we know what it's like if if in a company if people aren't in the right um seats so to speak mm-hmm. you know yeah. um and so and we know what happens when there's conflict at work and we know and and so we can recognize that those principles are important there but then oftentimes we don't put the work in that we need to at home to create that same kind of, or at least try to create that same kind of success, you know, and that and set things up for success. Like you mentioned, yeah. writing down your vision for your marriage, you know, that's just as important for mm-hmm. your marriage, if not more important than your business. So mm-hmm. I, I love that. Another quote that you said, um, or in addition in that quote that Joanna talked about, you also said that couples need to be communicating constantly. And one thing we've learned as marriage mentors um, is that the communication, or the skill of communication, um, takes a lot of effort and practice to learn. So, what is you know one piece of advice you could give couples to help them communicate really well with each other?
2: Well, first thing is is we're kind of left it on the last question about understanding each other's gifting, which is also is tied into the communication style. So to kind of relate it to the disc profile, you know, Kaylee is a high high I and also S, which is um, like, especially from a decision-making standpoint, she's more of an S than an I where she's very thoughtful, but also she weighs a lot of options and which means she can take a little bit longer than I'd like (laughs) (laughs) to make a decision. Um, Where. I'm a C, I'm a high analytical. And then by the time I'm asking her the question, basically, I've already got ideas. And so when I'm posing a question to her, then she needs to mull it over, but I want an answer because I've already kind of thought it out, which is obviously unfair. Yeah, because
3: he's been thinking about it for all this time, you guys. And then he pops it on me and wants an answer in two minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right, and right. so
2: understanding each other's Differences and communication styles and the way you process information is, is very important. And especially I'm as an introvert, I'm an internal processor. So I mull it over my head. Kaylee's an external processor. So she's talking about it as she's trying to figure out a solution or just talk through the problem. Right. And so from as an internal processor, when she's talking it out, I take it as she's made a decision. And if I don't agree with what she's saying, I'm immediately jumping to conclusions and saying, no, you're wrong, and you know, paraphrasing. And then we get into an argument because, yeah, because
3: I feel like he's not listening to me.
2: Right. And and <laughs> so then I of, talk I'm, louder. And I'm kind of not listening. <laughs> I can't listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so really, so what I've learned, or what we've learned, is that well, she's an external processor. So just because she's talking doesn't mean she's telling me a solution or her answer. She needs to walk, work through it. So now I just we just talk through it, a situation, an issue, right? And if I can
3: preface that ahead of time, it really helps him a lot. Otherwise, he's trying to give me all these different solutions and solve my problem, <laughs> and then that really
0: <laughs> right.
3: frustrates me because I'm like, that's not what I'm wanting.
2: <laughs> yeah. So this is, uh, you know, this is kind of stereotyping, but you know, men usually are problem solvers, and women are usually want more empathy or just to be heard, right? And so as Kaylee's talking, I want to solve her problem. That doesn't need solving. Mm -hmm. And so, so, of course, that becomes irritating. So as Kaylee was saying, like we have these ground rules, and one of them is when you're going to present some information or you're going to present something, if you can remember, preface it by saying I either need need, need a solution or I just need you to listen. Um, So that helps me get in the right frame of mind of, don't come out with solutions when she doesn't need a solution. She just needs to be heard. And then I'm just talking it through with her. I'm just listening and just talking it through with her. Um, and even if the other person forgets to preface it, you know, when you get into these middle of these arguments, because obviously we're on a different page, then if someone stops, I'll, I'll stop and just say, okay, honey, what do you need from me?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's when she could say, okay, I just need a solution. Or I just need you to listen
3: and sometimes it's the least likely thing he's going to expect. One time I said I wanted a hug and I think he was so
2: disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> yeah. well, I was I kind of, kind of upset. <laughs> because I, I, I have five solutions to your problem. <laughs> oh.
1: And all it was was a hug. Yeah,
3: he's like, a hug?
2: Yeah, that just like, yeah. you know.
3: and I he know. looked at me like, uh, are you serious? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So then he gave me a hug and then he looked at me and I walked away and he's like looking at me like, that's it. Yeah, he's like seriously. Yeah. I had all these five solutions. I do wanted-
2: Yeah, what do I do with these five solutions? These are great. You
1: guys are meddling a little bit because yeah, I'm I'm more like like Kaylee though. I tend to be a verbal processor and I tend to be um, take longer to make decisions. Like Joanna tends to be a little bit more like black and white and um, that kind of thing. So yeah, we've been through that. But what I keep hearing in in your as you talk about conflict resolution and communication and all these things is like, I think sometimes we don't think it should be hard or work in marriage. Like we expect it to be in business, but we don't expect like, like you guys had to set ground rules. You had to, you know, you had to go through the disc just like a lot of companies do those kind of personality assessments in the company. But you guys did that as a couple and you, you know, you had to set ground rules so that you guys would communicate better. And I mean, it's, it's, work to make make it work well, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I like what you said, just that question that you pose is, what do you need from me? And I think just saying that out loud could alleviate so much tension. I mean, I, I think because Rob is an external processor, um, what happens with me is he'll rattle off, maybe we could do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G, And what I'm hearing is now I have seven new tasks to accomplish. And so my stress goes through the roof because I'm like, oh, my goodness. And um, if instead of me immediately taking his um, brainstorming as task assignment and just said, well, what do you need from me? I think that that would dial me down in about a second. That's awesome. A hug. I just need yes, a Yes, and hug. I, I always <laughs>
2: need a hug. <laughs> Rob needs a hug. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, we get what we call, we get stuck in these cycles of insanity is where everybody's talking, nobody's listening. And you're just, all you're doing is triggering each other and everybody's mm-hmm. responding. And so just stopping and asking that question helps the other person. And, well, both of you really just like settle down and go, okay, what do we need here? What's going on and what do we need here? And once we understand what the other person needs, then... We can it'll be productive because really when we're in these arguments, we're just throwing stuff at the wall and hopefully something sticks, right? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> and a lot of times it's not the issue we think it is.
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh,
3: it's that's very true. Mm-hmm. Something from childhood or something got it's triggered.
2: Tri- yeah, that's a trigger. It's usually we're getting triggered by something.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we've often, fa- we find that a lot of times. We'll, we'll be fighting over or disagreeing. It's fight. Maybe that's too strong. Yeah. We fight. <laughs> we do fight sometimes, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, you know we'll, we'll be in a disagreement over something and it can be an an issue or something but it has there's an insecurity there or there's something else under underneath it and mm-hmm. and the we're wondering like why are we even why have has this escalated <laughs> over you know keys or something like that and it's and there's usually like you said other, other things, other feelings that we need to get to the bottom of, yeah. Mm
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if a couple is noticing that they are consistently triggered by the same sort of situation, what would you suggest as a way to maybe be able to unearth that and understand what's driving that?
3: Well, personally, I journal, I try and journal every day. So maybe journaling about it, talking with your spouse about it. If you need help, you know, we're all about reaching out and getting help as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, just taken from counseling, I mean, what we uncovered the triggers or what triggers each other, because it's all the triggers always pretty much tied to some kind of childhood memory. And so, like, for example, if you know, Kaylee is um asking me, you know, say I came home late, I didn't call or text or whatever, tell her I'm late, and she gets upset at me. And so, and then that triggers me because I'm like, wait, you don't trust me? Um, and that's because, well, my dad was a very micromanager, meaning that he was always he was very critical of everything I did, and so that was the trigger that it was like criticism. And, and so when she would ask me, just I mean, it's just a you know, you know, if you're not if you're on the outside listening to this, you're just like, well, she just you know wants to know, are you coming home, right? Are you gonna should I have dinner ready or not? Um, is everything okay? Because I usually do call, and the one time I don't call is when it's a little unusual um, and just make sure, okay. But then when she, when she asked me that question and I'm thinking, well, you know, I call you all the time, but you know, this one time, you know, why can't you forgive me? And I just, I just go off. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just a trigger from childhood because my dad was critical. The only time he would really say something to me was really to correct me. And so that's the trigger. And so, now, Kaylee says, "Okay, well, you know, when she's going to ask a question like this, so that she said that she thinks might be a trigger, she'll say, I'm not being critical, I just want to understand, you know, you know, you didn't call or whatever, you didn't text." What time?
3: I think you'll be That's home. Time.
2: Yeah. So Protect. to to kind of get to the bottom of the trigger is usually kind of go into the childhood memory. What it, what what does what's the memory to get this tied to based on that? And once you understand the trigger, both both couples will start to understand, like for me, then I understand, oh, now I know why I got triggered by Kaylee's question. And so I can be a little bit more cognizant about not reacting or overreacting. And then Kaylee, now she knows how to kind of present, you know, the question. Because
3: we've talked about it. Now I'm aware of what his triggers are. So I'm like, okay, this could get a little touchy. So now I have more empathy for him. Why, If he's getting upset when I'm asking him, because I can realize it's not about me.
2: Yeah. And then the other one, I know mean, for you, honey, was, you know, not walking out in the middle of an argument. Don't just walk out.
3: Right. Because in my family, people get mad and just walk out all the time, get in the car, storm out of the driveway. And so we have one uh, of our goals. I think, ground, well, it's not a goal. Rules. Ground rules. Ground rules. Thank you. Is uh, like if you're upset with each other, because we come up with our ground rules from the things that have triggered us from our past and so since I had people walking out on me all the time and they're mad, ground rule was if Robert's upset with me that. Um,
2: and I need to cool off.
3: Yeah. Then he just says, you know what? I I love you. I know um, we're having this discussion right now. I need to cool off. And um, I need 15 minutes, an hour, whatever it is. But I will be back. And then you keep your promise. You come back at that time. And then we talk about the situation again. Yeah. But I know in my heart, he's not abandoning me. He's not, I don't have to think, oh my gosh, is he not coming back? Is he like left me?
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And Mm -hmm. so it's just, when he says that, it kind of eases my mind. And then I'm like, okay, I can do it.
2: And setting the time to come back and sticking to it is important too, because you don't want to leave the other person hanging. Mm -hmm. You know, you may not be going for a walk, but you might just say, hey, I need to think about this. And, but then make Make an agreement of when you're going to come back and talk about it and finish it off because too too often, when you don't set a time to talk about it again, it doesn't get talked about again. Right. you're it's like it's like the other person's hoping you'll forget the rug um so it's so important to stick to your agreement because otherwise, if you don't, then obviously you're breaking trust and then the you know, your spouse isn't going to believe you next time you say something like that. So mm-hmm. it's so important to. One, set the time and pla- or set the time to, to come back and talk about it so it settles the other person down. So they know, okay, we're not gonna talk about it now, but at least I know when we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. it. So that kind of calms you down. But then the second step is then stick to it.
0: That makes like a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I have to say, in the time that we've known you, um, if I had to describe your marriage in one word, it would probably be Fun. I mean, you guys are always <laughs> traveling to interesting places. You're making memories. I mean, following along on social media with your book tour recently was just great. It um, was just a
1: great excuse to travel and have fun. <laughs> exactly. wasn't it? Yeah,
0: absolutely. You, you're right, read
2: you're, you're right into that, Rob. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, but I'm sitting here and I was like, you know, were they always the fun couple, or is this something that you've actually had to work toward with each other?
2: Well, I think we always like to have fun. We both like to travel. So that was that was a great common, you know, thread we had from the beginning. But, you know, as you get going through life and through marriage, you got to be very intentional about keeping up the fun. And so as we were um, going into business for ourselves, you know, we start as we started visioning our life, you know, what do we want our life to be like? Not just for the future, but even the present. You know, that was part of the vision. It's like, okay, we want to have a business. We want to succeed, but we always want to also want to make sure we have fun. So we got to... We have to create protective time in our calendar to make sure we're having fun, Um, because as life goes on, things just get busier. More things pile on. So, even though we started out having fun, especially in dating, it's easy to start out having fun. But then once you get married, life goes on. More and more, you know, uh, more and more things get piled on on top of you from business and everything else. You got to be very intentional to staying on top, making sure you prioritize those things that are important to you, like having fun.
3: Yeah, and that's where the time margin comes in because we, especially doing our book tour, we had to say no to a lot of things, you guys, with boundaries because there's so many things we wanted to do Mm -hmm. and we loved it. I would have loved to have done it, but there was no way that we could have done that in the book tour. So we had to say no, so that we could be intentionally about working and putting fun in. Otherwise, the book tour would have just been work the whole way through. Oh, that makes yeah, because yeah. that's
2: part of our vision. That's you know part of our our vision itself. And life is just yeah, let's work, but let's make sure we have fun. So when we started talking about the book tour, or even before the book tour, like whenever we got um, had a client. Out of state or out of the area to go visit or get invited to speak or do a workshop or whatever, we'd always say, Can we carve out time even before or after the event to have fun? Yeah. <laughs> and because always then, you know, because I went in the corporate environment, you know, I was on trips a lot and you go to these great locations, but you don't have time to have fun because you're just in meetings all day or and, all no <laughs> and then you just come back home because you're just tired. You don't want to. To stay any longer. And plus she's not with me. So of course I don't want to just stay by myself because that's kind of awkward. Um but so that was our thing was like, hey, you know, let's we wanna we want to work and have fun. And since we both like to travel, whenever there's that opportunity to travel, let's see if we can plan in the fun. Yeah. On top of it. Add
3: a couple days to it, the trip.
2: And so it's just just kind of be intentional mm-hmm. about those things and really um just and again protecting that time. Um you know we like to have fun. So we got to protect that time to have fun we got to make sure no matter how busy our schedule gets that hey you know once a month or once a quarter every year we got to do these Mm -hmm. these things right
3: well and so often we see it in the entrepreneurial world it's very isolated and you kind of live on this island by yourself you feel like or with your family but how often do we go out and play and have fun anymore it's like you don't hear of it very much you know we're gonna work 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 you know the kids got baseball they got soccer they got all these activities and they got all stars. That could take a whole summer right there if they keep winning, you know. Oh, yeah. So it's That's like, so. but family's getting out and having fun. It's like, and, it's good and so for you. there's
2: the tension there, you know, with a lot of entrepreneurs that face. It's like, well, we don't have time to have fun, and we got to, you know, got to work the business. And you know, when we get to retirement or when we hit a certain milestone in business, then we'll we'll relax a little bit more. But sadly, we've seen that. It just never happens, mm-hmm. or and then by the time they get up to retirement, a lot of times their health—they have health challenges and they can't have enjoy the things they wanted to do that they initially, you know, thought they would do when they retire. Um, and the reality is, you know, when you even stop to have fun, even it doesn't have to be a long six-week road trip like we did, but even if it's just a weekend or every quarter or something like that, the reality is that when you take that time to have fun and relax and be with each other it actually leads to more productivity in business because you know as, as Christians number one the sabbath obeying the sabbath is is biblical it's part of the 10 commandments and it's it's part for your spiritual recovery and refreshment but it's also for your physical mental and emotional because there's a there's there's all kinds of science out there right that we know that in rest is when your body is most productive it actually it repairs itself Right, whenever you break an arm or something like that, what do they say? Lay off it, rest it. Right, if you have a nervous breakdown, it's rest. I mean, and your body, like when you're in your growing up years, that's when your body grows and, and muscles develop is in rest. So you know, like if you're an athlete, you know you're, you're you're tearing down your muscles when you're working out, but it's in that rest and recovery is when the muscles strengthen. And so, and then even in business, you're more when you're more restful. Your mind is more creative and more innovative. You think more clearly. You're more focused, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're just going, 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 you're just reacting to life and you're actually less productive in business and you're less creative, you're less innovative, you have less clarity and you start to lose focus because you're just more stressed.
0: Right. And I think that this is a great um, time to actually have this topic come up in conversation because most of us have flipped over our calendars to the new year and we have all this time in front of us. And I would say that the longer Rob and I are married, the farther in advance we're starting to plan our quality time. <laughs> like we we have um, March plans that will have been in place for four months before they happen. Um, mm-hmm. We had plans last fall to go away for a marriage retreat and we'd had those plans on the calendar for what, four or five months in advance. Um, so planning for us is the yeah. the ticket. If we think that we're yeah. just going to spontaneously go out to breakfast, <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. Exactly. So yeah, we rely really heavily on our calendar. And I think younger me would have said, well, without spontaneity, it's not as as much fun. But that's actually not true. We're finding that the anticipation um, actually adds to it. So we're just utilizing our calendars way more to make yeah, sure well, that you can it happens. Pl- you can plan
2: for spontaneity. The there spontaneity is is in what you do. The spontaneity <laughs> could be in what you do. So you just carve out the time in your right. calendar, and then you can still allow the spontaneity. And you just say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to wake up this today, or you know, in five weeks, and this is what you know, and then we'll see what we do. Right? Oh, that's <laughs> so, a great idea.
0: Um,
2: because you know, I'm the planner. She's the spontaneous one. And so, you know, in our trips or on our vacations, some things are planned, but then we also just carve out time to just be spontaneous. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. awesome. Yeah,
1: that's great. And I think. Um. yeah, we underestimate, I think, how powerful that piece is and why uh, we are stressed. Because like we've been talking through this this podcast, the conflict management and the communication and sometimes all of that can seem like a lot of work. None, uh, like you guys, a lot of us didn't come into our marriages just naturally knowing how to do this or having this modeled for us. And so you've got to add the fun in too, you know, you've got to remember why, why you fell in love and um and experience life together and enjoy each other. And if if that's completely carved out of, of your relationship, mm-hmm. um, it's it's gonna be harder to to succeed at business or life. So absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. I love that. And that may may be a big piece of, of what I was gonna ask you guys next. But um, I think for Joanna and I, probably one of the biggest struggles we had when we started working full time together was the stress. Um, you know, it was it was hard to go from a predictable paycheck to not knowing when what was going to come in and, and no, you know, health insurance. And, you know, it was tough to um, give grace to each other when we were going through the learning curve of trying to figure out what this would look like. And if we were going to even make our goals, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, you know, there, there was that pressure of, Mm -hmm. is this going to work? Am I going to have to go back and find a job? And what's that Mm going to look, you know, all that whole thing. So, you know, uh, how do you two manage your stress as a couple so that it doesn't hurt your business and your your relationship?
3: We have weekly meetings. Every Monday at 3.30, we talk about these kind of things. And so I'd be like, um, is there going to be money coming in? What's going on? Because sometimes, you know, I just kind of felt like outside out of the loop. So then we'd have these meetings and Robert would go over and say, okay, this is what I'm working on. These are the projects. This is what I think I have coming in, you know, I've talked to such and such clients or I have this many quotes out that I'm waiting to get back. I'm having so many more people that I want to contact. So he would communicate where he was at in the whole sales funnel. And then that would help me a lot. I'm like, oh, OK, you think you have this big project coming in? And you'll know in the next couple of days, that would kind of like ease down my stress. Like, okay, so there looks like a big probability we will have a new client or customers coming in. So that helped me a lot. And then we would go over the calendar for the week or for the month. So we'd know where we stand. There might be a season where he had to work a lot. And uh, then he would say, okay, you know, the next two weeks, I'm going to work really hard. I got to put in a lot of hours but then i'm going to take you out on saturday night or we could do a date night at home or depending on how much money we had. So with me it really helped ease my mind with knowing what the expectations are and where we we're at ahead of time as opposed to always wondering like what's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for
2: yeah, sure. I think just just that constant communication what's going on, what's on your mind and the stress you're, wearing, you know, you know, one person could be the the sounding board to alleviate the stress from, say, for me. So if it's, you know, something's on my mind or whatever, just being able to speak it out without, you know, I don't need a fix, right? Mm-hmm. We just need to kind of release that stress and the, the, the stress that's on your mind. Um, that's very helpful, of course. So that's, you know, and then of course on, on her end for Kaylee, it's just so she knows she's not in the dark. And so, you know, she can manage that stress because sometimes, she might not know what's going on, but even sometimes just the unknown creates stress, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So I know, which is creating stress, but she doesn't know, but still creates stress because she doesn't know what's going on, right? Right, So so being that constant communication with each other back and forth um, and just supporting each other emotionally, mentally is is huge. Mm -hmm. And then it's just the practical manner of just, you just have to be able to decompress, right? Even Mm -hmm. uh, even alone as well as together. Um, You know, you talk about the date nights, but even for me, like I like to golf. So- Hey, I just got to go make sure I, I, you know, have time to go. I got my buddies and golf every once in a while, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, that's just so, you know, that's that's very I'll get therapeutic together with for the girls. me. Mm-hmm. And she gets together for the girls, and we got to have that time away from each other too, and just that time to just decompress. Mm-hmm. And then also together we can just talk through some things and have fun, and then also talk through some things, and that just keeps the stress level at a minimum. And it's it's better to be proactive about dealing with the stress, right? Then to allow the stress to build up. I mean, that's when breakdowns happen is because it's just building up, it's just building up, building mm-hmm. up. You're not doing anything to alleviate the stress mm-hmm. right. because you're either you're bottling up inside, not even sharing it with your spouse or even a friend or a mentor or whatever. And then you're not doing anything to relieve it, like taking time, a little time away, right? You're just working, working, working because the stress of the, the business isn't working well, you start putting in more time in. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the kind of the slippery slope that a lot of entrepreneurs face is that when they're stressed in the business, they tend to put more time into it. And it just makes it worse.
0: Actually. Right, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then at the end, just just hug it out, right, Kaylee? <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> hug, <it out.
1: laughs> hug it out. Hug it out.
0: Hug it out. Absolutely works. Bring for it me. in. Bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you must be reading my mind because um with that idea of time, um, we've heard you say over and over, you do not, and actually you shouldn't work 18 hours a day to be successful. And I really think you must know something about time management that the rest of us all really need to hear. So what are some of your secrets for how to structure your time so you don't work 18 hours a day?
2: Boundaries (laughs) (laughs) is is one. You know, it's interesting when we create, like I hear a a lot of this about think outside the box. Well, I like to say think within the box because we all work within some boundaries and some limitations anyway. I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day, right? But instead of just allowing you to just work more hours, right? Just say, okay, within eight hours or nine hours, what can I do to accomplish, You know, what are the main things I want to accomplish today? And so creating boundaries and then figuring out how do I be productive in the time I have is going to help you become more innovative and creative in what to do and also force you to real, to look at what are some of the things that are getting in the way of being more productive and how can I eliminate it, mm-hmm. say no to certain things or maybe delegate it to somebody else or even automate it. So we have an acronym, it's ADE, automate, delegate, eliminate. When you look at all the tasks you have in the business or just in life in general, of all the tasks that you have, you know, in, in business... Like, what are the top two or three things that you're most gifted at that you should be spending your time in? And then, with the rest of the stuff, how do you get rid of it, get it off your plate somehow by either automating it, delegating it, or eliminating it? And it's going to force you to have to say no to certain things, but it's saying no to the low priority things. But we tend to say yes to the low priority things Mm -hmm. because it's the stuff, well, we need to do, like answering emails or customer service issues or whatever. But it also bogs you down from doing the things that you need to do to really grow the business. Right. And so, how do you, even though you might need to deal with some of these things, but how do you get it off your plate? Maybe have somebody else do it, or maybe some of these emails, you don't always have to respond to them right away, or sometimes at all.
3: <laughs> yeah. Cause you check yours three three times a day.
2: Yeah. And, and so I don't check it all, 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 all during the day, but just like three times a day, just carving out time when to do it so I can be more efficient with it. But, all that to say is you got to look at where you're spending your time. And then there's probably a lot of things that you do that's getting in a way for being productive. And you got to figure out what to do with those things. And a lot of times it's just saying no to certain things.
3: Yeah, one of our clients, they're in construction and he had this great team, he said, working for him. And he was doing it, thought he had to do it all himself. He would sometimes even pick up a shovel and he'd be helping. And then we had to help. Hold his hand through the process. We're like, okay, you said you had a great team. Let's turn it over to them. You know, I'm sure they're going to do fine. So he was able to eventually do that. And he says, oh my gosh, things run so much more smoothly when I'm not there. Oh. And now he's got all this time on his hand. It's like, oh my gosh, to do all the stuff he's been wanting to do to be innovative. And um, yeah. And,
2: and unfortunately, he got to that point because we were telling him for months, mm-hmm. you need to do this. But he just, well, it was micromanaging, basically. He just felt he needed to control all this stuff. And it wasn't until he was pretty much close to nervous breakdown. Right. He came into the office one day and said, you guys got to deal with to his wife. You guys got to deal with it. I can't.
3: And their marriage what, wasn't in good shape Is That's what either. it came
2: down to. And that's when he realized, like, oh, my gosh. Like, the less I do, the more things get done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a favorite quote we have now we use all the time. Because he said, oh, my gosh, I realized I was doing way too much and I didn't need to. Right? Right. Right. Um and so even if you're working for yourself because you're thinking, well, maybe I don't have a team, but, you know, it goes back to what do you need to quit doing? So, like, when I was transitioning from pharmaceuticals to consulting full-time, I had to work the full-time job while I was building my cons- the consulting business. So, which means I had to work nights, right? So, there's no getting away getting away from that. But, unfortunately, it was going till 2 a.m. At, in the morning mm-hmm. working, And so by the time Friday and Saturday hit and the weekend hit, I mean, I was just exhausted both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And so that's when I was like, you know, this isn't God's best, right? One, I'm tired. Two, I'm not even present for Kaylee. So even though I wasn't working technically on the weekend, I was exhausted and I wasn't even emotionally present Mm -hmm. right, or mentally present. So that's when I had to say, okay, there's got to be a better way because I don't think Even in this transition, I don't believe God wants me to sacrifice everything, including my health and, of course, time with Kaylee, that I've got it. how about if I go, instead of going to bed at 2 a.m., if I can at least get to bed by 11 o'clock, that'll be healthy enough so by the time Friday hits, I'm still awake, (laughs) right? Yeah. Right? And so that's when I just looked at the calendar and looked at all the things I was doing, and it's like, you know, there's certain things I'm doing, like there's, calls or meetings I'm doing that I probably don't need to take, I shouldn't take. It's kind of, they're time wasters. They're people that are maybe just picking my brain, but aren't going to hire me, mm-hmm. right? There's things like that. There's maybe some emails, come there's tons of emails coming through. And I'm like, some most of this stuff is junk. I don't need to do, deal with these things. Or I'd say, I'll get back to it later. Or I'll, I'll tell them on my email, hey, give me a week and I'll get back to you later. Um, and then there's this busy work that I was doing that I was like, this isn't productive, um, you know, there's always things we can do, right? Mm-hmm. We can always find things to do, but you got to evaluate, are these things actually productive? And will this move the needle forward? And so that's when I have to really focus my time and energy on the things that was most productive, the things I was most productive at, and then saying no to a lot of things. And some of the no thing wasn't like no forever. It was just mm-hmm. no for the moment.
0: Right? No, for no. no for now. No for Yeah. Um,
2: and so even like volunteering at church, I mean, there's, I just have to say no for mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. So there's all these things that fill your calendar and you have to kind of evaluate are these productive and then what do I do with some of the stuff that's not?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes that busyness is a little bit sneaky because sometimes yeah. busyness can give you a sense of productivity and if you right. are feeling insecure that gosh, I'm really not getting there, just being busy can delude you into thinking that you are. And so I think yeah. that that's one actual blessing of um, working a partnership with your spouse is you have an outside person who knows you really well. You can't hide the effects of your busyness from your spouse. And they're in a unique position to be able to speak into that and say, hey, I think you've moved off center and I don't think you're okay. And so um, that can be a real gift to each other to kind of, yeah, help each other stay in, in bounds, as you were saying. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. yeah, that busy is that four-letter word that we've all kind of mm-hmm. got kind of caught up into
0: like a badge of honor people
2: think
3: it is oh Mm -hmm. how are you busy 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 I'm like frankly I don't want to be busy I could be busy doing nothing you know I mean
0: productive (laughs) right right yeah well and
1: you say in in tandem um in the in the book you say several times you know if you're succeeding at business but you're not in that life balance or at home you know in your marriage or um, even in some of those areas of health and things like that, then you're not really succeeding you know so if you're taking you know fifteen hours of your day to be successful at work, but other things are suffering um it's gonna it's gonna catch up with you
2: yeah and that's that's the top entrepreneur's regret as they get older is not spending enough time with family you know in their younger years and because it's time you don't get back mm-hmm. yep. Right. Yep. You want to build memories, but it's always about later. <laughs> yeah. And then you miss the present. Yep. Right. Yeah. And, and so, I, what good is that?
1: Yeah. And I, I you know, I would say for Joanna and I, um, the most important habit that we've cultivated to help us in, in all of these areas we've been talking about today, you know, managing stress, setting priorities, keeping open communication, um, has been regular time in prayer. And so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I would love to ask how how would you say your faith makes an impact on your life together?
2: Kind of sounds similar to you. I mean, we start our morning in prayer and that's something we just re- relatively recently adopted, maybe three years ago, just a little bit before COVID. Even though I grew up in the church, but we didn't regularly pray together outside of meals, right? And so it was, I don't know what prompted us to do it, but we just started doing it. First thing, you know, she has her alone time. I have my alone and quiet time too. But then, um, then we come together in prayer before we get started for the day. And we just started doing that a few years ago. And, um, you know, it's it's made a, a huge difference. And also there's um, a research out of, you know, the Pew, you know, PEW, the Pew Research Group uh, many years ago that did a survey of over 1,100 couples that actively pray together daily. And not just at mealtime, but this is, we're talking about kind of what we're talking about, intentional prayer with each other. And only one couple out of those over 1,100 actually had a, got a divorce. Um, and so if you ever heard that, that saying, you know, the couple that prays together stays together. Well, according to research, it's true. And because, and then also psychology will show you that you can't praise each other and be critical of each other at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It's impossible. So which means starting your day in prayer and blessing each other every day. I mean, sets the tone for the day, right? We always talk about habits and how you start the day really sets the tone. So why not start in prayer? I mean, it's 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 healthy, it's spiritual, it's just so uplifting and encourages the other person, each other, right? And so doing that daily habit of starting in prayer, bringing your spiritual life in, mm-hmm. starting day with God as the centerpiece of your marriage totally changes things.
3: Yeah, what wife wouldn't want to have their husband pray for them
1: mm-hmm.
3: every day, every morning?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, with that in mind, would, would one of you be willing to pray for the husbands and wives listening today who want to grow in their teamwork and in the joy in their marriage? Sure. Love Love honey.
3: Dear Lord, we just thank you for um, Joanna and Rob and all the listeners, Lord. And I just pray peace and harmony over their households, Lord. And um, I pray over their businesses, Lord, that they will be on the same page, that they will be united as one, Lord, with the vision and that they will Put you first, Lord, because you are the ruler over all mankind, Lord. And um, you have the perfect plan for all of our lives, Lord. So we just thank you for that.
2: And Lord, we just want to lift up Robin, Joanna, the family, and everyone that's listening um, today. Lord, you have a, a perfect plan and will for everyone. And we just pray over all these marriages represented. And we just pray over all the husbands and wives that, yes. Lord, just let them see each other the way you see them lord mm-hmm. and we just pray that you give them that new set of eyes like 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 almost like a reset of see each other the way they saw each other the first time they met and caught eyes and just fell in love right you know the, n- the none of us have really changed it's just all the circumstances and emotions and experiences that have maybe changed us a little bit of how our, our outlook or viewpoint is from each other but the reality is lord we're all the same people. We're both the same people that we fell in love with each other those many years ago, or maybe just recently. And we just pray you just reset everyone's focus and attention and attitude towards each other, just to basically back back to when they first fell in love. And know that you're on the same team, that we yes. want the same things for each other. We want each other to succeed. And don't let the differences become a hindrance, but let the differences become the thing that glue that brings you to, that brings them together that will help them see that in their differences that helps them support each other in the areas that they're weak, the other person's strong, mm-hmm. and that you can use those differences to bring, be the power couples that you've created them, you brought them together to be. So, Lord, we just thank you for um, having this opportunity to share our experience and our journey um, to everyone that's listening. And we pray just a blessing and favor all of all of them and to and a, just a, a great 2023. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Wow, well, um, I'm sure that everybody listening is going to want to get to know you better and learn more about your resources. You have so much great stuff and your book, Tandem. So where is the best place to connect with you online?
2: Well, you can start with our website, it's marriedentrepreneur.co. And in it is our, our podcast and the resources and all that and links to our book. Um, and then you can follow us on social, uh, both Instagram and Facebook is at by Design. And so you can follow our journey there <laughs> and see if we see us having fun. Um, and uh, on LinkedIn, just connect with our, our names, you know, Robert Fakui and Kaylee Fikui, You can connect with us on LinkedIn there. Right?
3: And then our podcast is power up your marriage and family. Okay, great. Marriage and, and
2: business.
3: Oh, power up your marriage and business.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, um, and we will be sure to have links to all that great stuff um, in the show notes. So be sure to check those out.
1: Yes. And uh, thanks so much, Robert and Kaylee. It's been great spending this time with you today.
2: Yeah, always a pleasure. It's yes. always fun catching up and, and hearing your journeys. Yes. What to next?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, and, adventures. Yes. And uh, thank you, friends, for joining us today on the Growing Home Together podcast. We would love to connect with you as well on our website, growinghometogether.com, where you will find lots of great resources for um, your marriage to help you guys grow closer to God and each other. At Growing Home Together, we're caring for the soul of your family.
0: And we're growing home together with you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.